Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul White. It's the 10th day of September. The Deeper Daily Podcast is part of our audio releases here at Paul White Ministries. There are two others, one in the middle of the week. On most Wednesdays, we air our midweek Bible study from our Tuesday night Bible study. We post it on Wednesdays. And then every Sunday, something new for you. Today, you can go find the chosen people of God from Chapin, South Carolina. Check it out. I think you're going to enjoy it. Mark chapter 15, verse 31. Let's read 31, 32. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking among themselves with the scribes, said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe, even those who were crucified with him reviled him. I know I'm risking making a comparison that's too difficult to comprehend considering the comparison is with Jesus. And it's easy for us to look at whatever Jesus does and say, well, that's Jesus. I can't do that. But I'm going to make the comparison anyway because Jesus is dying on the cross as a man. He is dying on the cross as God, yes, but he's stepping into the death of humanity. And so I'll make this comparison, try to make it simple. Do not prove yourself to other people. If Jesus fell into the common human temptation to prove ourselves to other people and to be approved of other people, he would take seriously the statement, he saved others himself he cannot save, and he would fight for a way to show them that they are wrong. He can save himself. Other people uh, he saved other people himself he can save. And he would, he would do whatever he had to do to prove to them. We live in a society where it is very common to hear people say things like, I'm not going to be disrespected. I'm not going to have someone tell me what I can and cannot do. I'm out to prove the haters wrong. And I know a lot of times we say it sort of tongue-in-cheek. It's often said in the, the competitive world, maybe of sports or of business. But I wonder if it hasn't filtrated into our day-to-day lives. We don't take instruction well because we construe construction oftentimes as people telling us that we're stupid, telling us that we're wrong. Um, that's, that's an aside, really. It's not really where I want to go. Where I'd rather go there is it's difficult for us to let people say whatever they're going to say without us doing whatever we can to show them that they're wrong. And it's considered weak if you don't show them that they're wrong. Well, then Jesus steps into the frailty and the weakness of a dying man and refuses to come off the cross simply to prove to them that they're wrong. Now, the counter-argument, of course, is, well, he stays up there because he's doing far more good by dying than he would be by coming off the cross. All he would do to them, to prove to them by coming off the cross, is he would gain converts right there, but he would fail to save the world. And while that, I don't even know if that's true, because I don't think we actually will follow a miracle for very long. We'll just demand there be another one. That's the case of Israel in the wilderness. Miracle after miracle after miracle, and yet they stop believing in God. 
in fact, by the first chapter of Deuteronomy, they think God hates them. And so you, you don't win people by the miraculous. But it is interesting that what's happening at the cross, here, he saved others, he can't save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, they don't believe this, by the way. They don't think he's Christ. They don't think he's King of Israel. This is mocking. Let him descend from the cross that we may see and believe. And this is exactly what Jesus says in John. After he goes, in John 4, after he goes to Samaria, and he speaks to the woman at the well, and then he, she brings him back to the village of Sakar, and he basically holds a revival, and people start to believe. Well, then he comes back into Israel, and the first place he goes, they demand a miracle. And Jesus says, you people won't believe unless you see a sign. And he uses the phrase, you people, to differentiate from the ones he's talking to, from the Samaritans he just came from. the Samar- He didn't do one miracle in Samaria, and yet they believed. And here he is in front of his own, and they demand a miracle. And so there's a little bit of that in Mark 15. If we could see it, we would believe. And there's still that. That isn't faith. If I can see it, I don't need faith to believe in it. And so believing on Christ is not I believe on him because I've seen him do stuff but because of who he is. And also, let's not understate the temptation that the devil uses on Jesus in the wilderness. Let's not act as if it isn't being repeated at the cross. Remember, the devil says to Jesus in the wilderness, if you'll bow down, I'll give all of this to you. And I've told you before, I think the offer there is you know, link arms with me. You and I can do great things together, man. Because that's what bowing down to him is essentially. It's not just a worship of the devil. It's it's joining, it's linking up with the devil to quote unquote bring about the kingdom of God. It's the it's the equivalent of us linking arms with the system of the world, thinking that the system of the world will bring in a better system. If we could just put a little Jesus in it, mix a little Jesus with your system and you'll get a better system. And it doesn't work that way. But the temptation is there at Calvary. Come on down off the cross and we'll believe. Come down off the cross and bring your Father's kingdom is kingdom in through the miraculous. Because you want to you want to throw a punch, you want to throw a haymaker at Caesar? Come down off this cross. Wow. <laughs> Wait till that gets to Rome. That someone descended from a cross in Jerusalem, like pulled himself off the cross and then stood at the base of it completely whole. Get ready for fright in Rome. And that's the temptation offered to Jesus in the wilderness, and it's the temptation offered to Jesus at Calvary. And the fact that he doesn't do that should be something that every Christian concentrates on and pays attention to what we're being called into. We're being called to follow him to that cross. And when we here take up the cross, let's not get confused that that means we've got to beat ourselves to death every day. Let's realize that we're going to be given daily or frequent opportunities to respond through the mechanisms of the world or to hang there on that cross with Jesus, to suffer the shame and the insult, to not always prove them wrong. If you live by this idea of, there ain't nobody going to disrespect me, I'm not sure that you've made it to Calvary. 
It's part of our call. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.